Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. David Bozell with For America today, Friday, July. What the hell day is it today? 7th? 8th? Ay, ay, ay. July 8th. Listen, I, I, I wanted to talk about, because I think as this political climate unfolds, Republicans are most assuredly going to take the House. They only need five. Uh, so they'll, they'll most assuredly have control of the House, of the U.S. House of Representatives. The Senate's going to be a little dicier. I think they'll probably get it. But there's a you know a couple candidates out there that are kind of dragging, dragging the boat a little bit, um, namely Oz in Pennsylvania. I think he's like four, eight points down to a guy who had a stroke. Um, but it's kind of un- irrelevant putting the Supreme Court justice nomination process aside for a second, that's the Senate control is kind of irrelevant because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, all this hard work, all the work that people were putting into getting out the vote and going to vote for your particular candidate, uh, making sure that the agenda is is the right agenda, um, school board stuff um, in particular, that's the biggest one. Uh, but putting all this energy and work to try to stop Biden, stop the Democrats, all that stuff is for naught if the House are not doers. The House need to be the doers of the group. Um, right now, Congress is the weakest of the three branches. We've talked about this before. And the House is the sort of step-sibling of the Senate. No reason for that. No reason for that whatsoever. The House needs to stand up and be the doers of the group. So they need a speaker to be the doers of the group. And I'm just increasingly fatuated with doing things differently. And sometimes for the sake of just doing different things. Um, because as a country, we're babies. We're still very, very young. And on some level, we're kind of making this up as we go along. And I was thinking about the speakership for, that, for, for the Republicans in 2023. And I remembered that the Constitution does not explicitly say that the Speaker must be an incumbent member of Congress. It could be anybody. It's never been anyone but an incumbent member of Congress, but it can be anybody. And this came up when Ryan was having you know potential troubles getting his Speakership, and then McCarthy previously, when Boehner had stepped down, uh, and McCarthy had to pull out, and they didn't know who was going to be Speaker, and some people suggested that maybe Newt should be Speaker. And that that conversation came up. Now, I like Kevin McCarthy. Um, I think he's um, amenable to the conservative position. I say that with a little bit of hesitancy. Frankly, he's going to have a lot of cred with a lot of members because he raises a ton of money for them. So he's going to have a lot of cred. Now, speakership races are weird. Some of it comes down to the obvious. You know, who owes who what favor? Um, why, as a member of Congress, how did you get there? And then some, for some people, it's going to be because Kevin had faith in me and supplied me with money to get there. Okay. Some of the speakership race dynamics are, are just really under the table, right? Not, not in a nefarious way, but just stuff that you wouldn't expect. Uh, uh, some guy's wife gets along with another guy's wife. They're best buds. They like each other's pie, you know, whatever. It can just be weird like that. You just don't know until the day of, until you get there. Uh, how that can shake out. Um, but I'm increasingly enamored with the idea of have doing something different. And I think 
that the House should consider Mark Meadows for Speaker of the House. Yes, that Mark Meadows, Chief of Staff to President Trump, Mark Meadows, former Republican member of Congress from North Carolina, Mark Meadows. Let me tell you why. First off, he knows the rules of the road. He's a former member. Uh, he knows you know, what's in every hallway. He, I mean, he's the one who put the motion on the floor to vacate the chair that led to Boehner stepping down. So um, he, he knows the internal rule dynamics and how the house should work. Um, secondly, he gets along with a lot of these guys, and including a lot of people from the other side of the aisle, a lot of Democrats. One of his best buddies was Elijah Cummings, Democrat from Maryland. And in fact, uh, Meadows was asked to speak at um, Cummings' funeral service. And he said, I, got, I wrote it down, he said, this is what he said about Democrat Elijah Cummings. From Maryland, Mark Meadows said he's defined by the character of his heart, the honesty of his dialogue, and the man that we will miss. And he was choking back tears. He's defined by the character of his heart, the honesty of his dialogue, and the man that the man that we will miss. So they got along fabulously well. He's good with media. He's a, he could be a, a terrific messenger. And I think most importantly, one of the things that's not being talked about just yet is this battle royale coming between the House and the Senate, even if the Senate is in Republican hands. Because the Senate is a lazy group. I mean, they really only report to work like Tuesday afternoons and they hightail it out of here Thursday afternoons. That's kind of the way they like to operate. And they like to consider themselves the, you know, the greatest deliberative body in the universe. They don't deliberate much at all. In fact, they've kind of just gotten into this rhythm of just voting on one, maybe two spending bills a year. And aside from Supreme Court stuff, that's basically the, the most important stuff that they do. And personnel. So I think the House needs to decide like they're going to be the doers of the group. And you tell the Senate... You guys deal with personnel, we'll, we'll deal with, with the finances of this country. We'll be the, the stewards of taxpayer resources that we're meant to be. But who do you who do, you do that? Who's, who's going to be the speaker for that? Who's going to be the guy who's you know, either going to have to work with McConnell or work against him? Um, uh, and, and I just don't know if that's going to be McCarthy. I don't think so. Nothing in their dynamics suggests that they're even on the same page. In fact, you know, you would have thought that like Ryan and McConnell would would have been on the same page. They were not. And you would have thought that Boehner and McConnell would have been on the same page, and they were not. So there's nothing, and, and McCarthy is from that tree. So I just don't think that they're going to be working well together. And And none of this is worth anything unless the House... None of the work that we're putting into this is worth anything unless the, unless the House becomes the doers of the group. Final point, I think, is they putting Mark Meadows as Speaker of the House kind of sticks it to the J6 committee. And that's just sort of extra sugar on our cereal. So I think it'd be a fabulous choice. It'd be different. Uh, it would be um, dynamic. He'd be a, a, a good shepherd of the message. He's got good relations with people in Washington, even with the press corps, even with the 
oppressor who are largely our enemies and all this stuff. Works well with them. He'll be painted as, you know, this mastermind of, you know, God knows what by the by some of those guys, but who cares? They're, they're going to paint whoever, they're going to paint McCarthy the same way, so who cares? And he understands politics, you know, a lot better than most people. And if they were honest, they would tell you that they get along with them, the Democrats, that is. And as chief of staff to the president, he had to work with McConnell, so he has experience there. So... Outside the box thinking, off the wall idea, but I think it really does have merit. Mark Meadows for Speaker of the House. Now, the second crazy idea today, because it's Friday in the summer and it's humid and it's the DC suburbs and we're sweltering. Trump wants to run, obviously, in 2024. Who's going to be his VP? It's a big, big question. Now, like a lot of people, I would love to see Trump and DeSantis team up in a robust pitch to the American people. Why don't you just, yeah, don't just give us four years. Give us 12. Four for me and eight for me. And, you know, obviously we'll come back to you every four years to to, to make sure that we, we, we earn your trust again and report back to all the progress that we've done for this country. But we know how to do it because we've done it, both at the federal level and the state level. And give us a 12-year window to really put this country on the march. I think that would be a terrific, terrific pitch. In a world of we can't have nice things, they probably won't team up as much as I would love for them to see them do it. So if they're not going to team up and Trump ends up running and winning the nomination, who's going to be his vice president? Well, there's a former nominee for vice president that's running for Congress, Sarah Palin. Everyone remembers Sarah Palin out of Alaska. She's, gonna, she's running for Congress this cycle. She's going to win. She's coming back. She's coming to Washington. In this Congress, outside of Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gates, Jim Jordan, a couple of others who have big megaphones, she will immediately be a national figure for the cause. Immediately. She'll, have, she'll command a huge megaphone. The press court will gravitate to her. She has experience dealing with it. Uh, she's, she's quotable, imminently quotable. So she'll have massive reach to carry the message. As a member of Congress, that is. Just as a member of Congress. Now, mind you, as a freshman or freshwoman, member of Congress, she's not going to be, she's not going to have committee stature, and I wouldn't even want her to be the head of of a major committee. I don't want to bog her down with that kind of garbage. I want her carrying the torch because of her massive reach, because of her ability to to speak plainly to the country. I mean, people forget when McCain nominated her to be the vice president. His, his, the only time he ever led in the presidential race against Obama was two or three days after he picked her and after the Republican convention. They, their numbers soared through the roof. 
And then the economy went kaboom, collapse. McCain suspends his presidential campaign for you know, just a, you know, a, a, a dumb decision at that point. And Obama goes on to win. And the rest is history. But she had captured positive national attention. Now, national, Saturday Night Live will, will go after her and Tina Fey. And those, but she's learned to, A, live with it, and B, embrace it, and C, laugh at herself. Those are all being self-deprecating, being a happy warrior. That those are awesome traits. We need more of those. So she's going to have, she's going to be on par with the Jordans and the Gateses and the and the MTGs. When Sarah Palin says something as a member of Congress, the country is going to know about it. So we don't, you know, she's campaigning now, but if when she wins, she comes to Washington, uh, uh, she will be. She will, she will capture the attention of the press corps. No problem. No problem at all there. So she can be a force for policy as well. So if, in other words, if Sarah Palin doesn't like it, much like the Freedom Caucus, you know, in Congress back in, um, you know, the Boehner days and the Ryan days, you know, if they didn't like something, if Meadows and Jim Jordan didn't like a particular policy, it typically did not get voted on. So she kind of has, she could potentially have incredible veto power without really doing much. Just be, just be, just the, the threat of her reach with digitally, television, interview, press, etc. Not many members of Congress are going to have those types of advantages. But because of her name recognition, because she's used to this, Sarah Palin will. So I don't want to bog her down in committee work. So she serves about a year and a half in Congress. She's a, she's a, a stud and a star. She's a force for good on policy. If not DeSantis, why not? How about Sarah Palin for vice president? Trump Palin sounds a, has a pretty cool ring to it. Um, she's, she's, she's already been vetted. Right, you're not gonna, you're not gonna try to embarrass her anymore. I mean, they're gonna try, but you know they're gonna make fun of her. They're gonna make fun of anybody that he picks. She's got the stamina for it. She has the the guts to take it on. She would be deferential when necessary. And Trump's not going to allow someone to get more attention than the number one. And that's that's uh, that's not just a Trump thing. That's that's an every presidential candidate. They just don't want the number the number one it's one of those prerequisites. So you can't have the number two get more attention than 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 the the number one. Pardon me. But she so she would she understands those dynamics. She's already done it. And I, I just think that would be a, a, an outside-the-box choice. I love that she's running for Congress. I love that she wants to be a contributing force for policy. I love that she wants to be a contributing force for Alaska. I love all that. I dig all of it. You know, just, I, I, I dig how she views it as a sacrifice to come to Washington. I dig all of that. Nothing but good. I don't want to bog her down in paperwork and gaveling in committees and you know, the Department of Transportation, blah, 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 you know, interior. I, I don't want to bog her down with all that stuff. 
And her, her best traits are a messenger for, for conservatism. So let's put your best people where they can excel. And I, and I just think that would be a, again, that just sort of sticks it to the establishment. That would be the ultimate stick to the establishment. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick the woman that you've spent the better part of the last, you know, some odd years blaming for, McC- for, for McCain losing. And we're going to go win. I think that would be terrific. Trump Palin, outside of Trump, Trump DeSantis, Trump Palin, 2024. As it stands now here, July 8th, 2022. And, see, these wires are killing me. And, <laughs> it's just, uh, Mark Meadows, Speaker of the House. He'll hate it. Well, he won't, I shouldn't say he'll hate it. Um, yeah, it you got to want the gig, right? Um, or at least be drafted for it. Um, he'll probably hate that I brought it up, but hey, I admire the guy, and I think you should. I think if he wants the gig, I, I think I think these members ought to consider Mark Meadows for Speaker of the House, and then come twenty twenty four, let's do let's stick with the wild and crazy thing theme here, and go Trump Palin twenty twenty four. All right, take it easy. Have a good weekend.